and my fellow Pennsylvanians. This state's electoral votes are key to who wins the presidency, and both of the candidates know it. We win Pennsylvania, we win the whole deal, you know that. Just like last night. But states like Pennsylvania are going to be incredibly important. The only thing left on the board is Pennsylvania. The president cannot get to the finish line without the Commonwealth of Pennsylvania. One state all four candidates are visiting today is Pennsylvania. Its 20 electoral votes are highly coveted, and the Keystone State could end up being one of the determining factors in the race. Jill's a Philly girl, but I'm a screen girl. Dr. Josh Levinson is the president of the school board in the East Penn School District. This is one of the largest districts across Pennsylvania. It's located in an incredibly purple corner of the purple Lehigh Valley. These diverse suburbs propelled Congresswoman Susan Wilde into office in 2018 and are going to be a critical battleground for candidates next year. Local school board races have attracted national attention in recent years. Indeed, seems like every week we have Republican presidential candidates talking about issues that are most certainly not the purview of the federal government. Candidates running for school board have injected new grassroots political energy across the Commonwealth. People who just a few years ago would have never thought to attend a board meeting are now on the ballot. Our guest is going to give us a good perspective on these themes and what's on the mind of his neighbors as he goes door to door. Josh Levinson, welcome to my kitchen table. Thank you. It's a pleasure to be here. I appreciate the invitation to speak with you. Well, thank you for uh, being on the ballot and waging a robust campaign uh, to be on the school board in your part of Lehigh County. Um, before we plunge deeper into what motivated you, just give folks a sense of your corner of Lehigh County. It's it's changed quite a bit uh, over the years. Sure, sure. I, I, I live in uh, a, a small area called Zionsville, which is right next to Emmaus, which is just south of Allentown, Upper Milford Township to be specific. So we're in the, uh, you know, the more of the southern part of Lehigh County, and I reside in the East Penn School District, uh, which is the district that I serve as a school board director. And just just give listeners a little more flavor. So uh, we have listeners all across the Commonwealth. We certainly have sure. folks in the Lehigh Valley who tune in uh, every episode. So this is part of the Commonwealth that used to be fairly rural, but uh, the East Penn School District, I think, has grown significantly uh, in recent decades. Yeah, yeah. The, the the county in general has has gained population even over the the twenty some years that I've that I've learned that I've lived there. You know, I, I'd say that I'm definitely in a more sub- suburban section. But the uh, you know, like I said, the population of the county has increased demographically. Where we're a very much a you know a purple bellwether type of county. I think that's how you can, uh, can characterize it. Um, yeah, you know, we've seen a lot of growth. You know, so, so many areas of the county have seen a lot of warehouses come in. But you know, we still you know retain uh, manufacturing and and any kind of uh, you know service that 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 we can you know, imagine there. Uh, in addition to having you know, some some uh, local universities and and the like. And the school district, what what's a graduating class? There's only one high school in the school district. Yes, there's there's one high school in East Penn School District. Uh, typically, on the order of 700 ish students uh, per year. Uh, the district uh, as a whole has around 8,000 students K through 12. That's huge. Oh, wow. So, and then what, as uh, the school board meets uh, regularly, what kind of budget uh, are you and uh, others uh, working with? The the most recent budget on the order, $160, $170 million a year. And uh, again, you know, that that's, uh, you know, we're, we're, we're fortunate to have a, you know, a, a decent tax base upon which that we can, uh, you know, re- rely on property taxes. Uh, I think every school district wishes that, that, that the state and the federal government would, would, would do more 
uh, to lessen the uh, the property tax burden on our residents. Uh, but you know, we do the best we can uh, as directors working with the administration to, uh, to to limit you know what we what we have to go back for every year to to, to balance the budget. Thank you for setting the scene for listeners outside the Lehigh Valley. Uh, we're going to now uh, talk a little about you. Uh, so, I mean, at what point did you say, I care deeply about the school district so much, I want to put my name on a ballot and I want to be a school board director? Sure. Well, both my kids went to the East Penn School District. So, you know, as a parent, I had a vested interest in, in wanting to see uh, my kids have a have a an excellent education. Certainly, when, we, when my wife and I moved to the area, we were looking for one of the better schools School districts that, that that was in the county, uh, so East Penn was one of those, and that's why we, we decided to live there. Uh, but again, you know, for myself, I I'm a product of public education, so is my wife. I believe very much in it. As time progressed, uh, you know, I got interested in what's going on uh, in the district, and uh, you know, my 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 own personal background in public education as an engineer, uh, someone who's who's very keyed into. Uh, a community service, uh, a lifelong scouter uh, is kind of ingrained in my DNA, and my, my son actually is is someone who who's who's uh, you know quite involved in, in in politics and whatnot. And so you know we saw an opportunity uh, with a with a vacancy appointment in 2018 for me to uh, you know try and get involved. You know I interviewed that particular vacancy appointment. I, I was not appointed, but only a couple months later another one came up. You know I I said I was interested again was picked by the uh by the board and uh you know you know started uh in September 2018 ended up liking it uh a lot and wanted to continue so I threw my head in the ring for the uh, 2019 election uh so I've been serving for for that four-year term and, and about five years total at this point well it probably feels like five decades with what happened then shortly after I mean September 2019 was the eve of uh the world shutting down and Commonwealth mm-hmm. schools being turned upside down. Maybe you can speak to uh, to you know what was going through your mind during that period as a new uh, sure. member of the board. Sure, sure. So I had about uh, a year and a half where where I where we considered you know nor- normal operations and uh, and really we we entered probably one of the most difficult times that that school districts have had to manage. You know, certainly, you know, was not not happy that that we had the, that that significant disruption. Everybody's world was turned upside down. You know, students, uh, their families, uh, you know, the entire community. I think, uh, you know, as a school board director, I'm grateful for the for the uh, the the, uh, the talent that was in within our red, our administration for being able to uh, plan and prepare and and and, and propose uh, options for the board to pursue in order to. Uh, you know, address, uh, you know, what the conditions for that were, you know, like most schools, uh, we had to operate, uh, we basically had to, had to shut down and, and, and finish the year out of the, the, the 19-20 school year with um, everybody being being remote and having basically what we call continuity of learning, you know, just trying to finish the year out there. Uh, the summer was spent planning, you know, the, the, the district did not consider uh, remaining closed, uh, it, it opened with uh, what, what we would call a hybrid uh, schedule, uh, where students who who wanted to have some measure of in-person learning were allowed to go every other day. Those that uh, did not want to go in person were given an all virtual option, uh, but essentially all students had 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 to manage with the with, with some measure of virtual learning. So so that that twenty twenty one year was uh, you know was difficult. Uh, certainly, we were all grateful as things progressed. 
with uh, you know with the vaccines and understanding of the, of the disease to uh, you know to allow things to start opening up again once we got into the 2022 school year, and obviously that made things a lot easier uh, for everybody involved. Uh, but again, very difficult time to manage, certainly from from a logistics standpoint and dealing with uh, what people perceived as 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 onerous regulations in terms of masking and, and the like. You know, we we had to follow. You know, whatever uh, you know, state state guidance was 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 provided and mandates. So, but but you know, again, I credit uh, our administration for for doing everything it could to provide as much uh, in person opportunity as as people uh, wanted to uh, uh, to have within all those uh, significant constraints. A lot to unpackage there, and I imagine you you mentioned in passing that you're an engineer by training, and you know, so you yeah. bring that to the board, and uh, everyone who comes to the board is coming from a different uh, life experience. But how did it work? With just, I mean, I feel like history is going to look back on this period for school boards across mm-hmm. the, the country. How much leverage or how long a leash did the administration have? versus what responsibilities fell on the board. The board's now meeting virtual for the first time. What kind of guidance or edicts were you getting from Harrisburg, et cetera? Well, sure. You know, the, like like most districts, you know, we wanted to follow the best guidance that was out there. Uh, so, what, you know, if there was, there was a mandate, we followed the mandate. If there was significant guidance coming from, from health authorities, that's what we wanted to follow. And then again, once once opportunities arose where there that where we could relax those things, uh, we did. You know, as, as a board, you know, we, we leave the you know, the logistics and the operations and the operational decisions to the to to the district administration to implement. So the, the board, you know, it has more of the uh, you know the big picture decisions in terms of you know what what policies we're going to follow. You know, so one thing that uh, that that the state uh, mandated was coming up with a health and safety plan, for instance. Uh, you know, the, the the district employing fairly large group of of, of people, including uh, physicians, uh, teachers, and, and uh, some members of the board and uh, and, and district uh, officials. You know, made decisions as to how we were going to to operate again against all this guidance that was provided. Um, you know, this was presented to the board and the board. You know, evaluated it and, and approved it. So, so we stood behind uh, the, the decisions that were made. So, I think what's also happened in history, I'll look back on this period with the lens of of just a renewed grassroots political activism and people running for office for the first time. And uh, right. this organization, Moms for Liberty, has gotten a, a lot of attention. Presidential candidates are sitting down with them. They had their national convention uh, in the Commonwealth. Maybe you can speak to just politically in recent months and recent years. School boards, I don't suppose, should be politically, but anecdotally, I imagine there's a lot of new faces that are coming out to meetings and examining your budget, et cetera. Yeah, yeah, and and that and that you know did did make th- make things uh, you know difficult, certainly from um, you know how we how we manage public input and the perception of what it is uh, you know the, the school can and should do, and and, and what the, what the board is it, it, it was looking to do as well. You're right. I mean, a lot of this, a lot of what happened, uh, you know, and, and inflamed tensions, and uh, you know, and did motivate you know people to come forward and and and, uh, and object to what's going on. So, you know, what what we wanted, what we wanted to do, uh, you know, as a board again is is to you know follow you know, the best guidance that that was available and, and explain that to people as best as we could. 
So the prior election to 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 to, uh, to this year for the school board, what was in 2021, uh, there were some candidates that that were uh, you know running on on their exasperation for what was what was going on. Uh, so you know masks were were something that inflamed uh, you know, the vaccine. CRT was layered layered in on that as well. Uh, that's critical race theory, uh, which again is not something that we do in in in, in our K twelve schools. So the, the, uh, the there was a mix of candidates there. Uh, you know, from my perspective, fortunately, we were able to bring in uh, you know, the majority. Or the, m- most of the candidates elected there were, were what I would call a pro education stance. So we were able to to maintain a reasonable reasonable majority within our within the board. Uh, but this cycle again with things you know continuing to uh, you know, be the in the news in terms of people you know being being upset about the you know, the the status of things you know has motivated other extremist candidates to come in and this is a much more difficult election cycle i think to try and preserve a reasonable standpoint for for operating the operating the district if we could just take a step back and remind listeners as we get into the nuts and bolts of the final few weeks of this campaign so how many directors are there uh, how many up for election uh, sure. Cross file. How long is the term? We uh... sure. In Pennsylvania, uh, school districts have nine school school board directors, and uh, they get a a, a section a segment of those directors get elected in in, in odd years. Uh, in twenty twenty one, there were four positions up for election. Uh, in twenty twenty three, there are five positions up for election. So every two years, you're you're you're, you're you have the potential to to to, to change. Uh, the composition uh, uh, of the board significantly. A term is is four years. So, in terms of how the elections run, uh, the way Pennsylvania operates with school board directors is that you are allowed to cross file in the primary, meaning that uh, you can uh, you know, petition to be on both the Republican and the Democratic ballots. I think the motivation for that is is the fact that school board. Uh, directors, uh, you know, should and, 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 and should be a nonpartisan uh, position. So, you know, trying to uh, you know uh, you know appeal to to, to both to both sides and, and move forward. And after the primary, it, it, you know, it, it, it's advantageous if you can get elected on both sides of the ballot again, ostensibly because you're in your nonpartisan position. But that's not always the case. You know, in 2021, three of the four people that got elected to to, to the board were were you know. One on both sides of the ballot. Uh, one was only on one side. This cycle, and it's not true for every district. Uh, East Penn, and then there's two others in the in Lehigh County that that, that had this exact same thing happen. Is there was a uh, what, what I would call the you know the reasonable pro education slate uh, was uh, you know came through the primary uh, all five slots on the on the Democratic ballot. Um, interestingly. For my district and these other two that I'm referring to, there there's a bipartisan basically in terms of personal party registration, it's a bipartisan slate. And then the five uh, other candidates uh, who, who made it forward, all on the Republican side, you know, have have these uh, you know these so-called uh, extremist ties. So the, the, so there's there's a large contrast in, in, on this cycle. So instead of ideally only having five cross-file candidates in advance of the primary. And then, and then basically having it uh, you know set for 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 the general election, we now have ten candidates that, that uh, voters are going to choose from uh, in this particular election for for our for our individual district. And do, do you get the sense that beyond this corner of Lehigh County, there's money coming into this race, and there's interest from outside uh, actors? 
Oh, absolutely, absolutely. The uh, I'll mention that uh, you know that this opposing slate that, that that my slate is competing against, in addition to the two other local districts that I'm referring to, are getting donations from from uh, outside sources. There's a uh, someone who's been in the news uh, who who's who has uh, been a donor for Central Bucks and the and the uh, the, the Penridge districts, and those are two two districts in our region that. Uh, Unfortunately, in the news for all the wrong reasons. Gentleman's name is Paul Martino, and he's been he's been putting a lot of money into these races, trying to get these these conservative uh, extremist board members elected, and, and to take the district. In, in, in my opinion, in, in a direction that that does not serve uh, education very well. Uh, that's, that's really no unprecedented in, in Pennsylvania history. The, the amount of money that's being spent and the fact that's coming from non-local sources yeah. for I don't yeah. want to minimize the position, but very part-time positions. Yeah. Well, part-time and, un, and unpaid. Yeah. These are volunteer positions. Uh, no, normally, you know, school school district or school board elections, you know, the candidate may only have to spend a few hundred dollars, get some signs, knock some doors, have some hand out some cards. These races are are raising you know twenty thirty forty thousand dollars a piece, and it's it's a significant uh, increase, and it just shows you the what 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 you could look at as partisan interest. I'll I'll say even for for, for my own slate, more money is being spent you know by us and then by people who are interested in in, in seeing us succeed, um, either through uh, you know direct contributions or through uh, a local pack or or even the uh, uh, you know, the local parties. So you've been very generous with your time. I don't want to keep you from the doors. I assume that part of the get out the vote strategy is not taking out uh, the intense television commercials, but it is going and having a conversation at the doors or at yes. functions with parents. Um, what 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 are you generally hearing from various constituencies? It, what's interesting about door knocking is that you can have different universes by which you're you're, you're talking with people. So the, you know, the people that I spoke with in, for for the for the primary are a little bit different than the ones that I'm speaking now for for the, for the general election. But the themes are, in many ways, are some of the traditional themes, but also some of the ones that that, that are definitely in the news right right now. When I say traditional themes, you know, people who are concerned about. Uh, uh, property taxes and, and and the spending, so, so you know, and those tend to be, uh, you know, the, the the seniors who are who are on fixed incomes will will, will ask, ask something about that. Uh, but you know, other things in the news, people want to talk about book banning. They want to talk about you know what the what the district is doing uh, for uh, you know, marginalized populations like like, like transgender students. And, uh, you know, if people are, if some people who are concerned about the influence of groups like Moms for Liberty, uh, want to know about that. And, and, uh, well, actually safety and security is, is, is another topic that, 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 uh, parent, parents and families are interested in. You know, I'll, I'll say that, that, that our district, I mean, treats that very seriously and, 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 and put and invest in, in the things that, that are important for, for securing that. Um, but, uh, mental health. Another another big thing, uh, you know, our district is paying attention to that as an investing in resources to handle that. Uh, but again, you know, with what happened with the with, with the pandemic and 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 whatnot, uh, that, that becomes uh, important for people to to you know to under to know that that students and even even the employees are are, are in a good, are in a better place. Uh, one more thing to to, to mention uh, would be student performance and learning loss. Again, with the disruption of the uh, 
that the pandemic caused, uh, you know, it, we're, you know, we're, we're very aware that, that some students, uh, you know, um, you know, have, have lost some, some learning opportunities. So again, putting in resources, uh, to, to, uh, help students uh, get back on track and get back to where, 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 where they should be at this point is also important. So. So you can see in, in a more normal time, we'd probably be talking more about, about, about the money, but now we've got all these other issues that, that, that have come in either from, you know, what the influences of, of some of the, some of the, uh, you know, the, the right wing ideologies that are out there, but also the consequences of through in the last few years. Well, so then last question, we've been alluding to this. So the Lehigh Valley is an incredibly purple region of a very purple state. The congressional district is probably the closest uh, across the, the, the delegation. There's the Senate race. There's obviously the presidential race, uh, other statewide elections. Yet to what extent do you think that these activists that have gotten involved in recent years, are they going to then move on to these federal elections and statewide elections? Or are they laser focused just on these issues uh, around school boards? Well, I, I'll think back individually, you know, in, in uh, you know, the Virginia governor race, you know, you know, tied in the, the, the idea of education and parental rights and things like that. And so, you know, I, I think what, what people are thinking and feeling and seeing with, with, with the school board race, you know, could find some motivation to, uh, to be involved and see, you know, how, how state and national politics influence what goes on uh, locally. So, I mean, you know, I deal, I, I work with a lot of people and talk with a lot of people who, you know, see you know, see this as as a way for people to to you know remain interested and engaged uh, in, in in what's what's going on in, in the world around them. Um, and you know, unfortunately, you know, a lot of what's influencing what we're seeing locally for the school board race is coming from state and national politics. So, I think that there's a direct tie-in between what we're seeing this year and, and what what could be motivating for people uh, in, moving forward next year, and you know, and who they want to have as their leaders. And 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 uh, what kind of uh, agenda and, and what what goes along with that? We shall see. But I definitely encourage all listeners to keep an eye on on Lehigh County, and uh, certainly we'll be tuning in to see what happens with with the race. Wishing you lots of luck in the final stretch. I appreciate that very much, Ari. Ari, and again, uh, thank you for the opportunity to uh, to talk about uh, what's going on with with uh, with schools and school board races. Thanks so much for listening to this episode of Pennsylvania Kitchen Table Politics. Take a minute and leave us a rating and review on your podcast platform. Please also consider following us on social media for updates and announcements regarding future episodes and new guests. You're political, so I am sure that you're on Twitter, Facebook, TikTok, and Instagram. We are too at PA Political Podcast. Visit our website, papoliticalpodcast.org, and send us your feedback about this episode and suggestions on future guests. Until next week. Thank you.